1: Hello there and welcome to another Arsblog Arscast right here on arsblog.com. How are you? Thank you for being here. I have to admit that beginning this podcast, look, I was at a wedding earlier. I was. It was very nice. humanist ceremony was it was lovely. The two people involved had a lot of love and it was it was really nice being there. But you know, as as happens when you go to a wedding, there's the drinks, right? You go for a drink, And then there's another drink, and then someone says, let's have another drink, and you go, oh, and and then you have another one. And then, so look, I have to say, I have to admit that I'm beginning this podcast a little bit, little bit beer-fueled. That's all I can tell you. And I understand if you think, wow, this is a shocking lack of professionalism here. This is a guy who's supposed to provide us with Thirty to forty to fifty or an hour's worth of audio entertainment and he's telling us he's like slightly drunk at the start. this is not a good way to begin a podcast. I agree what can I tell you I agree it's not the right way to do it i I pride myself on my my professionalism <clears throat> no really I do i you know i I take this whole, i take it very seriously what I do and doing a podcast after four or five beers. That's not the right way to do it. Here's a bottle of water. I got to, you know, I got to drink a bit of water as we go. It's not the right way to do it. But you know what? I was inspired. I was looking at a major footballing organization go into a season in a completely haphazard and unprepared fashion. And I thought, hey, maybe that's the way I should do a podcast. Maybe I should do a podcast where I'm, I'm completely not ready to do it. Maybe I'm just not fit. Maybe I should do what Arsenal did last Sunday and, and play like I've had four or five beers. How about that? Seems like a reasonable thing to do. Arsene Wenger's been in the game a long time. He seemed happy enough to send a team out that were you know not quite ready. So here I am. Here I am on a Thursday evening. And, um, yeah... All of a sudden, it's going to be 4-1 to Liverpool, any minute now. What a start to the season, eh? What a start to the season. You know the last time we started the season right, as far as I can remember? Was it 2009? It was either 2009 or 2010. And I was sitting in a bar, which is not unusual. But for the first game of the season, I was sitting in a bar on Camden Street here in Dublin. Bar is called Cassidy's. And I remember sitting there, we were out, a load of the guys that I play football with, we were out that day. It was probably one of those half five kickoff type things. So we all sat there and we were watching the Arsenal game. It was Arsenal versus Everton. And you know, Everton down the years has not been an easy fixture for us. Do you remember like, who's that little fucking short guy? The little fucking short, sort of like a fake over Mars. What the fuck was he called? Radzinski, Thomas Radzinski remember him? He used to always score against us for some reason. And when we played Everton, it was always quite a difficult game because they're a well-organized team. But 2009, I've just looked at it, it was 15th of August, 2009, playing Everton, way from home. De Nielsen opens the scoring in the 26th minute with a, a cracking shot. The ball came across and he, he took it from outside the box and Hit it into the top corner is like twenty yard, twenty five yards. Denielson, yeah, that's right. That was probably the season that Denielson scored uh, all those goals. Thomas Vermalen put us two nil up. Then William Gallas, what a
0: cunt! Seriously,
1: what a fucking cunt! I'm sorry for reminding you of William Gallas. I apologize. But anyway, William Gallas put us three uh, nil up at half time. Second half, Cesc Fabregas, forty eight minutes and sixty nine minutes he scored, and Eduardo made it six nil. Six nil. And then, of course, we switched off and Louis Saha scored a goal and made it 6-1. 6-1. But you can live with someone scoring against you when you're 6-0 up. I give them a goal just to make them feel better. And then you can pat them on the head and go, there you go. Good little fellows. There you go. Do you feel better now? I like that. I would do that because when it comes to football, I'm small and petty. I hold grudges and I try and wind people up. But we were 6-0 up against Everton. And we won 6-1 on the opening day of the season. And that was the 15th of August, 2009. 2009. And here are our results since then. In 2010-11, it was 1-1. Do you remember uh, Liverpool scored? Lauren Cascialli, I think, was making his debut. And it was a Shamak goal slash Pepe Reina own goal. So that was 2010-2011. 2011-12, 2011 12 Newcastle away from home nil nil Gervinho the big signing of the summer wow what a guy Gervinho I miss I miss him I miss Gervinho so much Gervinho got sent off for a little altercation with with Joey Barton Joey fucking Barton but that was nil nil the following year right it's Arsenal nil nil against Sunderland I think Carl Jenkinson played that game. I was there that game. I remember Carl Jenkinson played right back. The season after that, 2013-14, that was the Aston Villa game. You remember how that went? 3-1 Aston Villa. You know, I think we were a bit unlucky because, obviously, the referee was Anthony Taylor, who is, of course, one of the biggest, most useless referee cons of all time, but... The defeat comes down to the fact that the only signing we'd made until then was was Matthew Flamini, and people were going fucking ballistic. They went crazy. That was 2013-14. 2014-15, 2-1 win over Crystal Palace. Hallelujah. At last, we win a game on the opening day, except it was Aaron Ramsey in injury time. It wasn't really a convincing performance. 2015-16, it's going to be good. It's good. We're playing West Ham. This is going to be great. We're going to have, you know, we've got a good goalkeeper, Patercheck. He's in. He's in. Patercheck is. In. Oh, Patercheck, what are you doing? Two nil to West Ham, and then of course this season you're four one down. Four one down at one point to Liverpool. You end up losing four three. There's a, a veneer, a sheen of respectability to the scoreline, but basically we played like absolute cunts. We got ripped apart in the second half. We lost. we conceded four goals at home on the opening day of the season, and, you know, it's almost as if we needed some defenders. Who could have foreseen that? I guess the one small piece of comfort we can take from what happened on the opening day of the season is that it was so unexpected that nobody could have predicted that a lack of experienced defenders at the heart of our defence could in some way have contributed to a performance which saw us concede four goals at home. It's just like like a tsunami, like a meteor strike that nobody could ever have seen coming. But basically, a really really dismal way to start a season. Cuz you want three points, you want to play well, you want to be inspired, you want to be motivated, you want to be excited. You don't want all your worst fears to come true on the opening day of the season. You don't want as even if you're the most negative person in the world, I guess you would much prefer for that negativity to be at least put to one side for a while because you want to see your team win. But it was just the predictability of it all, wasn't it? The familiarity, the, oh, we've been here before. Feels like we're going to be here again. Two injuries as well. Aaron Ramsey picks up an injury. Alex Iwobi picks up an injury. And that raises this weird kind of, What's the word I'm looking for here? This this conflict between Arsene Wenger saying, well, look look what happened to Aaron Ramsey. I brought him back so early from the European Championships that he's picked up an injury. Yeah, but Alex Iwobi got injured as well. He had the whole summer off, and he came to preseason. He's done all the preparation. He's done all the fitness work. He got injured too. Maybe it's all a load of bollocks. Maybe the whole concept of rest and recuperate It's nonsense. If Ramsey's injured and Iwobi's injured at two opposite ends of the, the preparation spectrum, what does that tell us? Could be that we don't know anything about anything. Or that injuries are just, you know, a bit arbitrary. And players who are more susceptible to injury will generally get injured more than the rest. So I don't know. Anyway, look, later in the show, we're going to preview the game against Leicester, the champions, from whom we tried to buy Jamie Vardy, and he said, no. And from whom maybe we tried to buy Riyad Mahrez. I don't think we did. Because I think if you want to buy Riyad Mahrez, you try and sell or Wolkon. It doesn't look like we tried to do that. So uh, I don't know that there was much in that. But still... Leicester have kept Vardy and, and Mares, and despite their opening day defeat, their players are gonna be quite boosted going into the to the next game, their first home game. I reckon the crowd are gonna be right behind them and everything else. So we're gonna look ahead to that game. We're gonna do some fantasy football, one day fantasy football with fan jewel, where you can win actual real money. Unless you're me, I can't possibly do it. I picked my team last week and I think it finished last. Last out of all the fucking teams, or like 800 and something teams, I've, I pretty much finished last and won nothing. So uh, you can prove you're a better fantasy football player than me. We'll give you details of that a bit later on. Now I'm going to get a beer and then we're going to talk to some people about Arsenal stuff. How about that? Let's do it. Okay, joining me now on the ArsCast from Arseblog News, Andrew Allen. Good evening to you. Good evening. And uh, you might know him from the Tuesday Club, but he's a man of the world. It's Tayo Papula. Good evening to you.
2: Hello, both Andrews. How are uh, you? Both? Uh,
1: all right. I'm looking down at my notes here, and it looks like, you know when they interview a child in uh, <laughs> you know that TV show Law & Order Special Victims Unit, and the child has done some <laughs> drawing on a, on a piece of paper, and he's trying to stab his teacher in the face and all that. <laughs> That's what my notes are like for this.
2: Yeah, yeah. My notes uh, for going from going from the theme that you and James explored the other day. My notes roughly say,
0: "Why?"
1: <laughs> I like so, that mic technique. Well done. You came away from the mic beautifully there
2: it's like a pro absolutely. Yeah. Um, absolutely so yeah that's 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 as that's, that's far as my notes
1: go all right andrew you probably don't have any notes but if you would just rate for me uh, from 1 to 10 your 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 enjoyment of the season opening day
3: what no absolutely <laughs> not no there's no there's no there's no way i can rate what has happened so far it's below 0 by so i mean
1: yeah that's enough from me all right, uh, thanks Andrew. It's great to talk to you again and uh, <laughs> so would it be fair to say that you know you you didn't necessarily enjoy the experience against Liverpool on Sunday?
3: Well, the the most frustrating thing was is that I've had, you know, I've had no enjoyment from this summer whatsoever. I've not been on a holiday. I've watched Arsenal faff around in the transfer market and I was like, well, at least football is coming back now. And I sat down in my seat and I looked around and I was kind of like, yeah, all right, things could be worse. And then the game started and I was like you know what actually after 55 minutes fuck this shit
1: I'm going to give up football. <laughs> it was a bit like that yeah yeah
3: yeah and I you know I think there was a lot of people looking around the stadium who had a similar summer to me I think.
1: Yeah people wanted to be happy though don't you I mean even if you go through the summer and you go oh, fuck what are we doing why are we why are we dilly dallying why are we dithering why isn't the stuff happening the minute you get there cuz I you know there was a part of me On on Sunday morning, um, and I was looking, it was probably about three o'clock, actually. uh, And I was looking at the start of the sky broadcast. And you know, they have the cameras and the sun is shining and the Emirates pitch looks beautiful. And, you know, uh, David Price and Stuart McFarlane are posting pictures of the pitch on Instagram, and it looks so beautiful. And you're going, God, I'd love to be there. I would, I, would, I would have loved to be there. I'd swap my position here on this sofa, having to work and do a match. I'd love to. And then <laughs> about 55 minutes in, I was going, well, thank fuck for that. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Tayo, how was it yeah. for you?
2: Well, I mean, it's, it's, been a weird, it's been a weird one all summer. I mean, I, I took – I've been so unbothered by this. I've so enjoyed the break. Right. I've enjoyed the cricket. I've enjoyed the athletics. I've enjoyed just, I've enjoyed life away from, I'm not very, uh, I think we spoke about this a while ago. I, I, I don't get involved in, in the transfer nonsense. Like I just refuse to read it now. And (laughs) because, because it's, it's sold, it's just so destroying and life draining. So, I, I was really, really kind of unbothered coming into coming up onto Sunday. I think I, I, I said on Twitter is like, first of all, the day starts. It's weird enough with the with our Premier League starting on the Sunday. It's just annoying. Do you know what I mean? I want mm. to start on Saturday like yeah. everyone else does. So we get to Sunday, but then the sun, like you said, then the sun's out, and I'm meeting up with you know I'm meeting up with you know the midfield general and Keith and Bradley and all the people I go to the match with, and you think, well, you know what? This ultimately is where it starts with me. Like, I like going to the football with my mates. So you get down there and you're really happy because I'm seeing... It's like the first day of school. Loads of people you haven't seen for a while. So kind of very reluctantly kind of wound up to it at all. You know, I didn't didn't get excited by it until you're walking up the stadium and you just can't help yourself. Mm. And then you take your seat and, you you know, you're cracking jokes with people. and, and, And it was fun. And it was fun. And then the penalty came and that was just and that was that was funny too because we all knew that he was going to miss so then that was funny but then before you can be too annoyed about it then he scored he, oh how we laughed he missed and then he scored and then we had a lovely opening day of the season and then 55 minutes 55 minutes there's a couple behind us who left they left they left oh quite a lot of left. left they a lot left of three, left around yeah. me really? they left at 3-1 fuck and then and and so 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 and then it's taken then, then the joy is the joy is sucked out of you, then it turns a little bit to anger. And then, I mean, these days it's more like, for me, these days it's just more hysterical laughter. I, I know it's not funny and I keep getting told off of being flippant about it, but A, it's only football some of the time. And
4: <laughs> it is
2: really funny in a way because it's so hopeless and so slapstick almost what, that, you know, what it's become and let's face it, you're not wholly surprised by it. So, so just a real range of just a real range of emotions of like kind of eagerness and excitement and having that balloon kind of deflated very, very quickly, as indeed we have had six out of the last seven years. Mm. Like to that balloon deflated on the first day.
1: Well, I mean, some of the Um, results have been poor. You know, there's been a couple of nil-nils, a couple of one-ones and what have you. But, you know, I can't remember an opening day of the season where we were 4-1 behind. Even the Aston Villa game in 2013, Andrew, there was like... Like a slapstick element, um, where where Anthony Taylor was just going, ah, fuck it, I'll send that guy off. Ah, fuck it. Did he send two yeah. players off that day? You know, it was or he gave penalties or something. It was just like, oh my god, this is fucking ridiculous. But you know, to to be four one down, um, at home on the opening day of the season, when you know pretty much everybody has said in the build up to this game, we haven't really done enough. You know, maybe we do have enough in what we've got, but you know, the, you know, we've got this fear that we haven't got defenders or we haven't got it. But to be four-one down, it was just <laughs> like it was like being part of a piece of fucking surreal performance art where you're going, "I knew this was going to happen." It's like a dream where you're going, "I know I'm dreaming. I can wake myself up now."
3: Well, the thing is, right, the, the worst thing about it was that it was an Arsenal performance that I have seen a million times. It just happened to be kind of like, you know, oh, by the way, in case you forgot that we were able to do this, we can do this. <laughs> and we will. And we'll do it today when the sun is shining and you're all here at the end. Yeah, you know. it was it was just it was just very, very Arsenal. I mean, we absolutely panicked, didn't we? I mean, mm. we let one goal in and our heads dropped. We came out in the second half. and We were dopey, half asleep, 2-1 down. And then three and four weren't a massive surprise for me. I mean, it was no different to when we went to Anfield and got spanked when they banged a load of goals in. You know, even last season against West Ham away when we went 2-0 up and then suddenly we were kind of throwing goals away left, right and centre. It, it, you know, the Chelsea game where we lost by six, the United games in the park. I mean, it's just annoying because it's, <laughs> it's nothing to do with transfers. We just allow this to happen to ourselves sometimes. It's like we get knocked around the head; we're concussed, and the other team decides, "Well, oh, fuck it. While well, they're not looking, we'll just put the ball in the back of the uh, net." But, but,
1: but Andrew, hang on, hang on. What, what about um, what about the mental strength? Well, we showed great
3: mental strength <laughs> to nearly come back in a game which we lost. Yeah, I mean, it was tremendous mental strength. I mean, I th- well done us. I mean, you know, we, I, oh. Can I talk? I can't talk. I mean, like mental strength. What mental strength? Mm. We went 4-1 down at home Mm. when we were winning 1-0 on 45 minutes. I mean, you've conceded four goals in the space of 18 minutes. There's no mental strength there. There's no physical strength there. I mean, you were basically a complete... You're like an amoeba playing football. You're rubbish. Yeah.
2: I've I've always thought... um... I've actually just written down the words when you just before you say that, Andrew. Uh, ask Andrew. Are you both asked Andrew, You know what I mean? Mangan. Um, um, I've written down mental fragility ha 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 on my piece of paper to go with why just because, um, you always get really kind of um defensive, of course, you do when anyone else kind of criticizes your team, especially some of the goons who are paid to do it on 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 TV. Sure. But I think what's becoming more and more frustrating, um, is when they're being proven right. And like you said, Andrew Allen, um, when one went, then two goals went, and then four came. So it was, there's a slapstick element to it, but I don't think anyone's I don't think anyone's really surprised anymore when one goal begets four. You know, the Liverpool Liverpool away was the. Probably the worst example of that, although Man City away, I think, wasn't too far behind. um I know we scored three in that game, didn't we? But we still went <laughs> six or, nine, <laughs> or whatever it was. You're not surprised by these results anymore, and 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 just kind of following on from that, the very fact that. You know, and of course, fans can do what they want, and it's not the way that I choose to do it, and that's a polite way of saying it. But the very fact that people had, you know, scrunched up bits of laminated A4 in their pockets ready to go, you came to the first day of the season with these. Do You know what I mean now I personally think that's a terrible way of of, of of protesting but you know that's not what this conversation's about really the point is is I guess that was a kind of you know that was a manifestation of probably what a lot of people think is that it's going to go wrong today mm. it doesn't stop you putting it doesn't stop be you putting your hilariously optimistic bet on i'm a terribly embarrassed to say that I put Alexis 2-0 down, laughing at myself as I, <laughs> laughing at myself as I did it A clean like, sheet I, I, know, I you know, I wanted that to happen, so I put it down which is why the first thing I was really annoyed about was when Theo took the penalty, which I'm sure will come to I'm like, <laughs> no, no, Alexis, I've got him first goal so, so you know but no one was uh, and we are laughing about it because that's all you can do but no one was surprised, I don't think we're surprised anymore when these catastrophic results happen and um and fans show fans show that the way that they want but we you've got that creeping feeling um whenever the panic you know the the, the shopping trolley season Mm. um you've got this creeping panic it was about to happen i remember very clearly before we played man united that day um when we went up there for the 8-2 and i just hid and i was like make this stop like before the kickoff i was like this it's going to be a disaster. You've sort of got that feeling in the pit of your stomach and it really, and it doesn't have to be that way. Well, it shouldn't be that way Mm. with a club of this size, with this money, with this quality. And um, I'll still say with this manager, it still, whatever you think it shouldn't happen and we shouldn't be expecting it. And we shouldn't be ready for it when it happens. And we shouldn't shrug and laugh about it like this because it's insane that that way we go into a season so underprepared so undercooked mm. and then we're not surprised when it happens none yeah. of us are surprised that we lost for free yeah no one was surprised and that's a terrible indictment of where the, of, of of what the club has become and the mental fragility of that that kind of sits on you know sits around the stadium at all times
1: yeah i think that's a brilliant point because you know it's it it is just one of those things where if you don't laugh, you're going to cry and we're all too old and too long in the tooth to, to cry over this kind of stuff. I was wondering on the blog the other day about the, the reaction to being four, one down. And you remember that three, one against Aston Villa and people were going fucking bananas. A couple of people (laughs) made the point to me, Andrew, that, you know, it was, it was probably the fact that Oxlade Chamberlain scored so soon after the four, one, that kind of, because there was there was a real explosion when Oxley chamberlain scored as if like, yes, <laughs> we're going to do it. We're going to get back into this. You know, we've shown, you know, and I, I think it was just pure desire from people who wanted it to happen so badly because nobody wants a season to start in this way. But I mean, do you feel like that goal kind of offset and the, the Chambers goal then a few minutes later kind of offset some of the some of the, the, the reaction because had we gone, let's say, 20 minutes without scoring, pretty much every wrong touch that an Arsenal player took was going to be met with, like, fucking flaming programs and people flinging their own poo onto the pitch. <laughs>
3: it's, funny. It's, it's funny you say that because, I mean, at 4-1, there was a very, very, very quick, you know, reaction. And there were – because, you know, on the day, they gave out free programs and I saw a fuckload go th- flying through the air as soon as the fourth <laughs> goal went in. And then – um you know quite a few, a few quite a few people in the north Bank upper left uh, that definitely happened. and then Chamberlain's goal was was a nice goal, and people kind of were like, okay, yeah, maybe we can we can do something. There was a bit too much of a lull then I think, before Chambers scored the next one. But the, the whole time I was watching that, I was thinking, you know what's going to happen? We're going to equalise and then Liverpool will go up in the, in the last <laughs> minute and they'll win 5-4. And that's just the way it is. And, you know, most frustratingly is this game of all the games out of, you know, any Premier League fixture in history has had the most goals after the 90-minute mark of any, you know, always goals after the 90-minute mm. mark. And in this one where you kind of felt like the momentum was with us. We're 4-3 down. We might actually get something out of the game somehow. And we just sort of didn't, really. We kind of just petered away. I mean, they seemed to win a kind of endless succession of corners, far corner, and just kept the ball. And it just sort of was just the sort of final, like, knife in the side, just it was kind of a, like, there yeah, you go, Arsenal. Yeah it, was, yeah,
1: it was a bit like the old Trafford last season, wasn't it? Where we, yeah. you know, we were three three and down and we got it to three two and and you still had twenty minutes plus injury time left yeah. and you're going, come yeah. on and nothing happened. There wasn't enough there to get us to get us going again.
2: Sorry, I was just gonna say Andrew mm-hmm. Mangan um something that you said Andrew Allen just there, I think um I think more worryingly And we saw a bit of this last season. More worryingly is that, um, and it's a good thing for Liverpool and it's a bad thing for us, there's a shift there, is that we did not look like scoring in that last 12 minutes, 13 minutes. And time was when, you know, um, whether it's a Schwarzer or whoever whoever the miraculous goalie is this week, you know, you throw um, you throw everything at it, and you'd think there were some chances. I can't think of very many chances that we had at four three. Mm. So we got back to four. Yeah, we got back to four three off a set piece, um, a set piece and a mistake. Um, that's probably a bit harsh on Osay Chamberlain's goal, but it shouldn't have gone in. Probably we would have been annoyed if it went in against us. So mm. You got back to four. You got back to four three, and I don't think we created. We didn't. We didn't really create enough chances. You could argue that we haven't got. We didn't have enough chance creators on the pitch. But there were times when you were getting to. You know, like in the in the good old days, you just just get it to Perez there. Just get it to Freddie. Just get into a position or get into, just get it to Kazorna or Urzil in, in in one of those positions. You know what I mean? In that kind of forward, like receiving the ball turning and going on goal. We just we weren't getting in those positions. And from a Liverpool point of view, not that I um I'll ever think in a Liverpool point of view again, is that they closed it out really, really well. Like you say, Andrew Allen. Corners, mm. corners, fouls, falling over. Exactly what happens uh, on one of our almost great escape European nights, each time you know when the <laughs> Europeans will do this for fun, just mm. go all right, hold on, and then before you know it, eighteen minutes have disappeared, and and we haven't left the you know the, the bottom left corner flag. So I think that was a kind of a bit of a worry. You could argue that we were missing those offensive players, but I still think that um, we weren't sh- we won't give we we, we we didn't give enough. We weren't showing enough offensively mm. in 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 that bit. I um, not taking the piss, although it was easy to do. There was one point where Theo got the board in the second half, and I went, oh, oh look, there he, look, there's Theo. Because then, you know, in the second half, he's on the other side of the pitch from us, where on the West End. Mm. I just didn't see him. Yeah,
1: he went very quiet. There's a surprise. I mean, I'm not saying that when the going gets tough, Theo gets going. Uh, and by going, I mean like anywhere else uh, but near the ball. But, you know, it has been a feature of his of his time at the club that when things are difficult, he's not there. But again, you know, I, I, I was looking at the manager. I was looking at the substitutions he might make. And you talk about those times where we used to batter teams in the final few minutes either to get an equalizer or to try and get a winner against a so-called smaller team than us. And, you know, we'd end up with four strikers. Maybe sometimes, you know, four strikers and an uh, attacking midfielder or wingers on the on the field. I can remember one time Walcott even was playing right back, and we had so many so many other options further forward to try and get a goal. And now you're looking at this squad, you're looking at the team, and you're going, "Well, you know, how, uh, you know, where are those options anymore? I know Giroud's out, and I know Ozil's out, but still." It wasn't there, and it's more about the the momentum and the sort of dynamic of the game and being able to try and influence uh, the way that the game is being played, and we just weren't able to do that.
3: I mean, I, I, I mean, we definitely missed Giroud, especially when we started doing the kind of Colo Touré long ball up to the up up to the front, and you know, poor Alexis is standing there and he's jumping as high as he can, and the I can't even remember who the uh, is it the the, the new Liverpool centre back was just sort of taking, him. yeah, mm. I mean. There was Alexis didn't have any chance, and the weird thing was actually I thought was that he did at no point did Venga think to himself, you know what, I'm going to swap Alexis and, and Theo here. I'll give Alexis a little bit more of a run on the wing. They mm. didn't they didn't change positions all game actually, um, but I did sit there and I you know what I was really thinking the entire time was you know Jesus you know if only we had Takuma Asano to come on because <laughs> <laughs> you know
2: it's come that- to this.
3: There's a boy who who's got the world at his feet, and you know we've signed him for for huge money. He's come with a big reputation, and I just think he must be chomping at the bit to deliver it for us Jesus. Yeah? with
2: a, with a
1: Joel Campbell. With a Joel, where's Joel Campbell gone? He's not even on the bench, you know. And like you know, I, I think Joel Campbell is a good but fairly limited player, but like. You know, who, who would you put some money on coming on and contributing in a game when you really needed them to do it? Would it be Joel Campbell or Chuba Akpom? With all you know, due respect to Chuba Akpom, Joel Campbell has proven himself to be relatively creative and can score goals now and again when we need them. Well, I mean, what would be nice would be is if we could make some
3: substitutions based on tactical purposes, rather than all of our players being crippled by the hour mark, mm. which you know was obviously the case with a woe-be at Ramsey who decided that four-one down, but within a minute of each other, that fuck this shit, I'm going off now. <laughs> obviously, they're injured. I know they're injured because they're out for three weeks. But you know, I too would also be waiting to play for Arsenal until the transfer window closed. Yeah.
2: And that again, that again is that, that again is just so very Arsenal. It's gone. Up. It's gone four-one. Like, I just finished laughing because I didn't know what else to do apart from stab myself in the eye with a pencil. And then you see Ramsey in that familiar, he's got that familiar Ramsey face on, and that face just says three weeks. And he, goes, <laughs> you know, he looks up and you're like, you might as well be mouthing three weeks. you know what I mean? With the, mm. with I'm doing that, I'm doing the sub me off gas gesture. <laughs> you know, and we all know it. You know, he's done that, looks up, takes R- off the ties, yeah. starts walking slowly down the tunnel. I mean, I mean, <laughs> that's imprinted on on my eyelids because it's happened. I don't know how many times in the last few years. I actually missed um, Iwobi, um, uh, the saviour of African football. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, With
1: no bias at all, lads. Of course, of course. (laughs) Hey, look, you can say it. We can't. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, I actually kind of missed him coming off that though he did have, he had a really he had a really quiet game after a, mm. after a, um after the bright start that probably all of us felt I mean we were laughing we always do it again we were laughing at you know you got a bit of grrr, angry Theo for the first like 10 minutes didn't you he's like <laughs> he, he does this every so often doesn't he, he sort of as like you will not like me when I'm angry and you'll sort of bump into someone and tuck really loudly and you're thinking is this going to be the game where he's going to shove a defender off the ball and make his mark? No, mm. he's going to disappear soon after. Um, but yeah, so it, it, won't be, it won't be disappearing, Ramsey disappearing, Theo disappearing, although being still on the pitch, meant that we didn't have any kind of um, attacking threat to speak of when the kind of going got tough.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just fucking dismal, the whole thing. And of course, you know, after the game, everyone's pointing to what we did during the summer, what we didn't do during the summer. So I'm going to ask you guys, uh, Andrew. I'm going to start with you, and I know <laughs> we've spoken about this uh, a number of times um, o- over the last few weeks when we've been doing stories for for Ars Blog News in terms of like what the fuck are we doing or not doing in, in the in the transfer market. Have you any theories in terms of? You know, why is it that when Mertesacker got injured a month ago, or just under a month ago, we haven't bought a central defender? Why is it that when we tried to buy Jamie Vardy in June and that fell through, we didn't do anything for another two months? Have you got any ideas as to why the fuck we're just so slow at bringing in new players?
3: Um, I can only put it down to Arsenal's in depth, like his unquenchable thirst to be conservative when it comes to spending money. I think he's just that guy. Like, I mean, it sounds as though even withholding that we put in a 1.5 million pound <laughs> bid and we waited two months to kind of like potentially, you know, pay the 500 grand that Bolton were asking. I mean, Bolton are broke. And we basically ground them down and said, fine, you can finally have a little bit of cash <laughs> to seal that deal. So you could just imagine what we're doing with all the other potential deals. I mean, I have no idea. I mean, it's, it's, it's bordering on ludicrous, actually, because, I, I mean, as you pointed out, I mean, you count out the number of days that, that, that it's been since Saka got injured and since Gabriel got injured. And, you know, I, I'm not saying I thought someone was going to come in, play the first game straight away, just like, you know, take to it like a duck to water. Mm. But I am incredibly surprised that there's still no movement. And it's getting to the point now where I kind of genuinely wonder whether Arsenal should just have a transfer window, which is the last two weeks of the transfer window. For you know, <laughs> it, it seems bizarre. Like it's it's almost as if Arsenal doesn't think that there's good business to be done unless you leave it to the last minute when you've kind of maybe got a little bit more of a kind of like opportunity to kind of squeeze the price down. Mm. But actually, it goes the other way now because we're so bloody desperate. Everybody knows that we've got loads of money. They're gonna hold out or they're just not gonna bother. I don't know. I don't know. I'm very frustrated. <laughs> I've gone Arsenal fan TV tonight, haven't I? This is the first time I really I feel like if I go and look at myself in the mirror I'll
2: just see Claude staring back at me. <laughs> I think um <laughs> I think uh, Andrew both Andrews that um I mean the tough thing the tough thing with this club is because we know you know we, we know absolutely nothing for facts at all because we don't say anything about transfers we've got that very kind of um <clears throat> you know the wall of silence and so mm. forth and then you know i feel expertly trolled by you two every time you put up just factually just something that he said in one of the press conferences i'm like you know um again i'm not advocating some of the madness that happens online but like the, the, there's two Arse blog news things today i was just like i'll oh, fuck off, just fuck off. <laughs> You know, it's just, just being alone, like right? because you're reporting him, so, you know, cause, because of the things about the, you know, the one about the, um, there's two markets, you know, English clubs yeah. are going to suffer for this long, in, in yeah. the long term. Yeah. And I'm screaming at my screen, well, let give, give me a chance to suffer for it in the long term, mate, all right, I'll take that. Because right now I'm suffering in the short term and I've got nothing to show for it. And I've got Rob Holding and Callum Chambers in the middle. Mm. And I'm going to have that against, by the way, the big champions uh, on Saturday. So, um, I mean, the only whispers you do hear are, there does seem to be something like every seat, there does seem to be some sort of para- like just some paralysis, whether it's fear whatever, and it's you never think that because you think, you know, a great manager or a great club, there's a, a great machine at work, I mean great in that sense there's a machine at work which should be able to get these kind of transfers over line, but we make such we make such a cock up of this every season we make such a cock up of it, we chase Joel Campbell's agent halfway across Halfway across Costa Rica. We chase um, Mustafi's agent only to find out he's not his agent. Other clubs don't have these stories. This happens to us all the time. Well,
1: maybe we're just so invested in it, though. Maybe that's what we don't look at what other clubs really do in the transfer market and their fuck-ups. Is that it, or am I just like...
2: No, I don't think it is. (laughs) I I don't think it is that because it's... I mean, none of us are geniuses at all, but the season starts on August the 12th or August the 14th every year. And we are never ready, yeah. and we always have this. This happens all the time. This isn't an, this isn't an outlier of a season. This this happens all the time, and then we bid seven p for someone, and everybody laughs, and I, I, you know, and, and and then we don't get the player, you know, and then we don't get the player. It is now a legitimate bargaining tactic to link yourself to to, to Arsenal. I think you, one of you, said that this morning. Did you say that in the blog this morning, Andrew, about like because we never, which I thought was a really great point, is that because we never. We never even refute transfer stories. Yeah, you can have you can have an absolute field, David Arsenal, but you know, but we, we never say anything about it at all. Mm. It must be a bargaining tactic to get yourself a new club. Arsenal win for us, no, we not. Mm. But um, but perhaps one once in a once in a while we should just we've always said it: pay the freight, pay the freight, because we get caught out like this. Maybe Bolton are just still laughing or annoyed at us because of the time that we pissed around over. Gary Cahill, whenever that was, (laughs) still vexed. You lot again, still asking, trying to pay seven quid for someone. Bolton must be fucking. I don't think we're very good at this transfer thing. Mm. I actually think it's not an it's not an accident anymore. I don't think we're very good at it. You keep on hearing stories about Arsene changing his mind, um, and you know, Carter spreading his net um, and or or hedging his bets. I should say Mm. um, in a way that we've all done on Championship Manager. I'm going to get you know. I'm going to get Martin Palermo, but if I can't get Martin <laughs> Palermo, I'm going to try. Do you know what I mean? So we're all trying to do it still. Maybe, this is, maybe, this is, um, maybe that's the state of the club.
1: I think there was a very interesting thing that he said in the press conference yesterday where he talked about there's a, a, like a huge amount or lots of really average players available for a lot of money. Um, and I think that kind of sums up where he is because... My my feeling is with him is that he's not necessarily afraid to spend money, but what he's absolutely afraid to do is waste money, uh, particularly now. I mean, uh, you know, and we're saying this about a man who bought Andre Santos and Park Chu Young and players <laughs> like that, you know. Um, but uh, but right now, it feels like he's not prepared. If a player, like let's say someone like Lacazette, and he says Lacazette is worth thirty million euros, and I will bid thirty million euros for Lacazette, and if they sell Lacazette to me for thirty million euros, I'm a happy man. I'll do it because that's what I feel like that player's worth. But the minute Leon go, fuck you, uh, we want fifty million. He's gone. No, no, not a chance. This is not happening. He won't. You he know won't. What? I think I think he's
2: right I think he's right in certain aspects of mm. that of course I think he's right there but we're now beyond we're now beyond the super super quality conversation because at times there's just it sounds really it's it's not making do when you say we need squad players we need yeah. but bo- we need bodies it's beyond you know it's not a cuss to be saying you know oh, we're arsenal we shouldn't have these players and yeah a lot of the time you know and M- villas ended up at and villas ended up at uh, Sunderland and that, and that happens a lot. Players that, you know, you hear about, you hear about, and we get a little bit smug about it when they end up at, at at Bolton or whatever, and their career fades. But we lost two midfielders on the first day of the season. Jack will, if we're lucky, pay, if he plays more than 15 games a season, then praise B. Be his best season ever. That will be right. So we just, there's a time where you, you need to buy some players, pal. Mm. You need to buy some players. And, if you can also buy the super quality ones, then fine. But sometimes you just need to buy some players. We've gone into the season. Whether the best defender in the world is not available, we need defenders. And as like you keep saying, we've needed, we've needed a centre half. We needed centre half last season when when Mertzak was fit. Mm. So let alone needing one when he wasn't fit. Let alone needing one when we knew that Coz was coming wasn't coming back until late. We just need players.
4: Mm.
2: And if it, and if 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 someone is gonna you know, if it, if, it, if it ends up killing Callum Chambers, then, you know, let's have blood on our hands. You know, let's have some players in there. Yeah, you know, let's have some players in there because we need we need people in these positions. So the transfer thing about just looking for the right person is valid up to a point, but yeah. at other points, we just need players, pal.
1: No, it's true. I mean, look, Andrew, I mean, the thing that we, we talk about or one of the things that Arsene Wenger has always said is that he, he's always been a man who says football clubs should live... Uh, you know, with the resources that they can generate. So if you can generate £100 million to spend on transfers, spend £100 million on transfers. Uh, but what seems to be happening with us is that we're we're living well within the means that we have, that we're building this cash stockpile and everything else. I mean, are you are you expecting, what are you expecting to happen between now and the close of the window?
3: Um, I think we will sign Mustafi from
1: Valencia. Mm-hmm.
3: I think we'll then go looking for someone high profile and we won't pull off a deal for someone high profile in the striking department. I think I think we'll go looking for a defender, we'll get a defender and that may well be the end of what we do mm. unless Arsene decides to go and find another ticky-tacky midfielder to add to his collection because he just... <laughs> Cause he loves them. He does love
1: those. Bring It wouldn't
3: even even surprise me if he went to sign Ses Fabregas. I was just going to say, bring (laughs) back (laughs) (laughs) Sesk. That is, that is the kind of thing I could imagine Arson doing just to troll everybody. Like, I mean, it's the thing is I genuinely, I genuinely love the man. I mean, it's it's a deep rooted love, but it's also the same kind of love that you have for anybody who over the years, when you see them growing more and more stubborn, you think you, kind of change you know
4: mm.
3: and i just i what i've what i've really been frustrated about and i think a lot of people have has been the kind of ridiculously mixed messages that have come out of the club since we came second last season the last day of the season everybody's happy la 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 we go into the transfer market and we start talking about buying players reinforcements all the rest of it this is before we've even had injuries and then, you know, we've got Gazidis going off in one direction, Wenger going off in another direction. Gazidis sort of contradicting himself, Wenger sort of backing Gazidis, but sort of playing down, you know, what Gazidis has said. And it's, you know, there are leaks in the Times, there is all sorts of stuff going on. You can tell that they, there's, there's some kind of uneasiness at the higher end of the club, but still below the level where Kroenke is getting involved. Mm. So I, I kind of feel like at board level, you know, there's stuff going on, like people are wanting Arson to get going. Uh, do you, know, you feel like
1: the board were trying to distance themselves from whatever the fuck it is Arson is going to do or not do?
3: Well you only had to read those reports in the Times this summer to, to, to realise that they were trying to put some kind of buffer between themselves and potentially the inertia that Arson was going to, you know, show which he'd shown before, you know? Mm. And and I've just I've just got this feeling like they were just kind of preparing themselves for Arson to dilly dally a little bit. And I, I kind of feel like the buck full, you know, it stops with him this summer. I mean, mm-hmm. he's pointed out on several occasions that we're missing in very key departments. We've had all summer. And it's almost as if it's like when you're at the school disco and you go up to the girl and you say, oh,
1: do you want to dance? And she kind of looks at you like, what the fuck? And that's what's happened with Vardy. Hey, that the- never happened to me, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can't, if you want to work out these issues here on the podcast, that's fine. Do no, I did. It happened to me all the time. It's okay. I and, feel your and pain. It,
3: <laughs> you don't have to back me up. That's fine. Um, but it's, kind of, it's kind of like he's hes had his fingers burnt off the back of the Vardy thing. And he's kind of, and you know, and I say the Vardy thing and the Lacazette thing, because it looks as if we did put in one bit earlier in the summer. And he's kind of lost his confidence a little bit, and he's not—he's <laughs> not sure who to go up to anymore. He's yeah. like, "Well, you know, do I just keep my hands in my pockets and maybe just kind of go home and sulk and cry about it, or you know, w- will he have one last go just before the lights come on? You know, let's see." But I'm not banking on it, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, the lights
2: will—the <laughs> lights will come on. You?
1: <laughs> That's not a girl at all.
2: <laughs> grab, <laughs> grab the six foot six. Grab the six foot six girl, um, the last you'll you'll do. Yeah, um, we'll end up playing cool. Mustafi <laughs> Yeah, I'll go home and play a role player where she's called Mertesacker. <laughs> like, let's pretend... This let's
1: is pretend getting really weird possible. now, guys. Yeah, no,
2: we'll leave, yeah, we'll leave. No, but I do think there is some kind of, um, there is some kind of fear um, in the transfer market. And I think we, as much as we think, I think we are a bit of a laughing stock um, in the transfer market. I actually, I think clubs kind of see Arsenal coming. Know that they can make good, good copper. The clubs, the people that we go for, always seem to come out of it pretty well. They either get a deal, they either get a better deal where they are, as we're seeing with uh, certainly Vardy, perhaps Mares. Um, they go to another club because we've helpfully alerted um, other clubs like Chelsea and Dick Faces Rain, you know. Um, <laughs> You know, we we alert other clubs to the fact that these people are available. You know, again, I'm sure that part. I'm sure there's people who've actually got a transfer policy. Let's just wait to see who Arsenal half-ass try and get, and then we'll just bring them in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Arsenal dancing around. Okay, there's a money thing there. Dancing around Hazard for years, and then he went and bought him in seconds. In seconds, right? Yeah, they did the same with matter as well. Yeah, yeah. So this happens. So I, I think I think there's a. There's a weakness in the club, and for someone who's so meticulous in so many areas, I'm really surprised that that this continues to happen. And here we are with two weeks to go. Um, no one else waits this long to, to to buy players. And the other thing is, like Arsenal, players, Arsenal fans laughing about, which I don't get. It's like, oh, well, you overpaid for Pogba. Maybe he's really good. He's, he's really good. If we paid 100 million for him, he might not be worth 100 million. But you know, no one's worth anything like that anymore if Arsenal paid 100 million pounds for
1: Pogba this summer I would have been like fuck yeah yeah like seriously just from the point of view of like well (laughs) it's better than spending 6 million quid on Andre Santos and, like, what a fucking seismic shift in our thinking that would be. Like, again, you're right, you know, 100 million, he's not worth 100 million, and dealing with an agent who's going to get 20-odd million, it's just a, a gigantic clusterfuck that, you know, somebody like uh, Manchester United could deal with. But the whole thing, that the, the fact that we won't deal with, like, two of the biggest agents in Europe who who have uh, a lot of the biggest players like Mendes and uh, and Mino Raiola, we won't deal with those agents in any significant way because we just won't accept the terms under which they operate. So, you know, you're sort of, not, not that there aren't good players out there, but if you want those top-tier players or some of those top-tier players, you're sort of cutting yourself off from, from that level of the market, you know.
3: So what you're saying is you're not expecting us to go in with a bit of a hundred million pounds plus one
1: pound for Pogba before the transfer window closes. Well, no, not Pogba. You know, I, I, I'm with you. I think we'll sign a central defender. Um, and I think all the talk of, you know, the the interesting thing with the, the stuff that came out during the week, you know, where we said, Oh, we're looking at other central defenders like this Uh. shit cunt and that shit cunt that nobody (laughs) had fucking (laughs) ever heard of. And that nobody wants ahead of Mustafi because uh you know we're we're holding money back for a striker like uh, the, the implication being of course that we're ready to spend big on some kind of striker The difficulty is, I mean, you know, is that striker going to want to come? Like Mustafi coming from Valencia, who are fucking broke, who aren't playing in the Champions League. You can see how that's going to work because he's 24 years of age. He's going to come and play with Mertesacker. He's going to play with Ozil. You know, he's got that German connection there. You can see why Arsenal will be something that he's really interested in. But if you're in, 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 anyway, if you're like uh, a top tier striker playing for a big club, I mean, do you look at Arsenal, do you look at what happened against Liverpool and think, well, actually, fucking hell. I mean, I can't fucking score enough goals to keep up with that (laughs) defence.
2: I don't, I mean, you could argue who's, you could argue kind of who is out there for us to buy, but the very, the weird, the kind of the, uh, the weirdness of how Arsenal Arsenal do this, the the weirdness is that we leave it late, and then because we've left it late we don't have any bargaining power mm. but then we also don't recognise the fact that we don't have that bargaining power anymore yeah and the clock ticks and the clock ticks down because you know clubs like even if there was the super striker out there the very idea of um I mean, and that 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 message this week about the striker. I mean, and and we all love you know, and we all love the oracle that is Ornstein. But it did have that it did have that feeling of a briefing about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It did. Ha- it had a feeling of uh, trying to placate, you know, us lot tearing our hair out, um, because that's not true. We're not saving the money for a super striker. I'm pretty sure of that. I'd love to be proven wrong. And there are no super. Stri- I don't think there are any super strikers with ten days to go in the transfer window or whatever it is. Yeah. I just don't think there are. And even if there are, is, is a super striker, with 10 days to go, the premium on August the 30th isn't something that we'll pay because we've proven that for the last eight seasons, not paying it with ample time. So mm. why the hell are we going to pay it with 12 hours to go? It's not going to happen. We'll end up with like Remy, lads. Just deal with it.
1: Loic Remy. <laughs> oh,
2: I'd take,
3: take it right now, to be honest.
2: Yeah, you know what? I would as well. <laughs> Til
3: he, till, he, till he goes down with a terrible Christian knee ligament two weeks into his Arsenal career, and we're all just kind of pulling our hair out, you know. Well. That's
2: where we
1: are. That's where we are. And look, everybody here right now listening to this is sharing the joy and the excitement <laughs> hey, of... of Happy
2: Friday morning, guys. <laughs> any positives?
1: Positives. Uh, positive we like
2: to we like to raise a glass at the end like when we get to the pub afterwards we'll raise yeah. a glass to a player right? Like, we all do it i'm sure um and we got as far as rob holding just because it wasn't his fault
0: yeah
1: i liked it i liked what he did actually you know what the two central defenders okay it's not ideal playing them but i liked the the aggressiveness of them they won a lot of balls in the air the two of them chambers and holding you know there yeah. was there was i think there was quite a bit to like about the central defenders you know be when you look beyond their inexperience and their rawness and the fact that you know they they're not necessarily the organisers that you necess- you need your central defenders to be so i you know i think i think we were looking perhaps at at this game and holding in chambers if they had to play this was where we were, we were going to be let down i think it was other players around them that that caused the problems
2: yeah i think um Uh, Rob Holdings' distribution was pretty decent, actually. Um, But but he was certainly let down by... Like, Monreal had a very um, average game, very surprisingly average game um, for him. Um, I don't think they were that protected. I think... I still think... Cockerham's on the naughty step after Spurs last year, and mm. I think that I, I'm pretty. I, I've just got a feeling that he's going to be kind of phased out a little bit, and not not un, not not unjustly either. I might add. So I don't think that they really offered the. I think um, you could argue that uh, him and El Nanny were put in to protect the centre halves, but I don't really think that. Um, I don't think they helped at all. Well, no, but I think when
1: when, when, when uh, they had the ball, when Liverpool had the ball, okay, we were found wanting there a little bit, but when we had the ball, and I know Liverpool were trying to do their, like, clock press, whatever the fuck you call it, but there were times when El Elneny was picking up the ball or looking to pick up the ball from the centre-half and there was nobody anywhere near him. There was nobody yeah. close to him to give the ball to. There was one it brilliant was- moment. Do you remember the moment where he was, like, surrounded by about three of them and he did a kind of, like... And he just kind of stepped yeah. away from everyone went, oh, Ooh, love it. But I mean, that's not the shit you should have to do when you're playing in a midfield, a deep lying midfield duo. You should have somebody closer to you to to, to help you out there. Uh, I genuinely, when I was
3: watching the game, I kind of felt like the gap between Cochlan and El Nini and Ramsey, who was supposed to be playing in the Urzell role, was just too big. Yeah. So every time the ball came out of defense to one of the two guys just shielding the defense there was a kind of three or four Liverpool players that you had to kind of bypass before you could get to Ramsey. And Ramsey really needed to probably drop a lot deeper to come and pick the ball up and then spring an attack. And that just did not happen. And obviously, as soon as he went off and you threw Santi in there, by that point, we were already gone anyway. So mm. Liverpool were able to sit a lot deeper and they weren't really kind of that worried about Santi kind of picking the ball up in the middle of the park because he was then looking to spray balls to players who should have been trying to get behind the defence and Alexis had no chance. Walcott was dead and, you know, for all you know i in fairness to Chamberlain actually he kind of did pretty well when he came on. I guess mm. he at least showed a little bit of grit and determination. But there was there was there was a formation fuck up there from the start. I felt yeah. um it didn't work. It was a chance that Wenger took and it didn't work.
1: All right. Well, look, I'm going to have to leave it there because we've been uh, we've been going through this catharsis together for about forty five minutes now. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if you feel any better, but I've had another beer on top of all the other beers I've had, so yeah, I am. Me too. I am. I've,
2: I've I've had one, <laughs> and I always like. I always like talking to you both, and um, and we all will always have um, <laughs> we'll always we'll always have these moments just to I mean, just to just to bond us and to laugh at. Really. Absolutely, yeah. Tyle, oh. people
1: people will want to know when's the um is there a, a Tuesday Club imminent or or what? Well, uh,
2: some of our yeah, some of the some of the gang are up in um some of the gang are up in Edinburgh. Oh yeah, some some are some are hiding. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um I'd really like, uh, and, and and I salute, you know, I salute the two of you for like punching yourselves in the face twice a week doing this. Um, but I'm, I really, we'd really like the story to change. I dare, I dare say, when um, when Alan resurfaces, then um, there might there might be something. So um, right, but yeah. So there will, yeah. I, I it, it's not. We're not done yet. We're um, we're 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 taking a breather. I, I imagine. All right, you're working
1: with the same efficiency as Arsenal do when it comes to transfers. Is that what you're saying?
2: It's, it's, yeah. It's a bit like it's a bit like that. We've kind of um, we see we're seeing we see deadlines as guidelines, right? Right.
1: So. <laughs> we see dead so watch, podcasts.
2: Yeah. Watch the space. If, if you've got. If you've got no expectations, then, then 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 you enjoy life a little bit more. So um, yeah, we're not done yet.
1: All right. Well, listen. Pleasure as always. Thanks for being here.
2: Thank you for having me,
1: Andrew. Thank you as always.
2: Oh, thank you. It's been
3: it's been fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that I, sorry, I mean I, yeah, I do mean that. I mean that.
4: A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend.
1: thank you very much indeed to both my guests. You can find them on Twitter. Andrew Allen is at a Allen Sport and Tayo Papula at DJ Tayo. So uh, go do it. Go follow them if you're not already. Right, before we finish, we are going to look at the Leicester game at the King Power Stadium. Away from home against the Champions. Still no new defenders. Blah, blah, blah. But we'll check on that in a few minutes' time. But let's talk about FanDuel. FanDuel is one-day fantasy football. You can play for free and win money, or you can put your own money up and win even more money. We had some people last week uh, who actually won uh, a decent some money actually uh, by signing up and playing with FanDuel. I didn't win a thing because I'm really bad at fantasy football. I'm bad at fantasy football over the course of a season, and I'm bad at fantasy football over the course of one day, but I'm sure that many of you are better than I am. This week, we're looking at the 10K fan-favorite competition, which you can find if you sign up at FanDuel.co.uk. This is UK only. Unfortunately, just at the moment, it's UK only. You can find the app on the iOS, the Apple App Store, or you can get it from FanDuel.co.uk forward slash Android, or you can sign up at FanDuel.co.uk. The 10K fan favourite this week, which covers only the Saturday games. It's a £5 entry with £10,000 in prizes, going to the top 536 managers. So you've got a good chance of winning something. And £1,000 to the first place. Uh, And of course... Um, Just to give you a bit of an extra bonus, if you sign up with the promo code arsblog, FanDuel will refund your cash if you lose. I'll give you up to £10 back on your cash if you lose. If you sign up with FanDuel and use the code arsblog, my team for this 10 k fan favourite. Right, here's what I picked to try and win me some money. And if I win some money, I'm going to give it to some charity of some kind. So uh, let's hope that I can do that. My team is... Mignolet in goal. What the fuck am I thinking? Anyway, Emery Chan, Hector Bellerin, and uh, Kolorov in defense. My midfield is Sigurdsson, Shakiri Snodgrass, and Wijnaldum. And up front, I've got Nolito, Aguero, and Llorente playing for Swansea. That sounds to me like a very, very average team that probably isn't going to win anything. But if you want to win something, sign up with fanduel.co.uk. Use the code RSPLOG and FanDuel will refund your uh, entry fee up to £10 if you uh, if you don't win. If you do win, well, then your quid's in. You're going to win some money, and you don't even have to uh, put money in. You can play for, I think, £25 uh, by signing up for free. So make sure you check it out, FanJewel.co.uk, and use the code ARSEBLOG. So. Leicester away from home we beat them away from home last season we beat them at home last season they lost their first game of the season just like we did but I feel like they're going into this game slightly more you know encouraged more boosted more happy because they've kept Jamie Vardy they got rid of Kante but they brought in someone else but they've also kept uh, Riyad Mahrez somebody who we were linked with and he signed a brand new contract With Leicester, he was only earning something like 30 grand a week, and now he's up there in the 80, 90 grand a week mark. Uh, All those links with Arsenal have done his contract situation the world of good. So uh, what we're going to have to do, obviously, is score more goals than them. Vardy undoubtedly is going to score, and Mares undoubtedly is going to score a goal as well. The manager has got some decisions to make about his team. It looks like he's going to gamble gamble in inverted commas, uh, on Lauren Koscielny, because uh, we need a central defender. Who he plays him with will be interesting. Will it be Chambers or will it be holding? The other two, Giroud and Ozil, I think they might make the bench. Maybe. Maybe they'll make the bench. But for the most part, I reckon we're going to see much the same team. Of course, Aaron Ramsey's injured. I predict Santi Cazorla to start in place of Aaron Ramsey. And, of course, Alex Iwobi, as well, is injured. Alex Oxley chamberlain came on for Iwobi and scored a goal. So I reckon he might start on the left-hand side. We really need a win. We really badly do desperately need a win. And that's a terrible thing to say going into the second game of the season. There's obviously a long way to go, but it just feels like we need something to give us a boost. There are 12 days to go or, or 11 days to go before the end of the transfer window. We still haven't bought a defender. And if things don't go well, it's going to be very difficult to look beyond the lack of activity in the transfer market. So uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that we can do the business. It's one of those late Saturday evening kickoffs. It's a 5.30 kickoff on BT Sport, I think. And maybe just the confidence we might take from beating Leicester away and beating Leicester at home last season, late as it was even at home, but we fairly fucking gave him a good pounding away from home last season. It was 5-2, wasn't it? Alexis got a hat-trick, so you know, maybe we could repeat that. That would be good. If they could do that, I'd very much appreciate it. I think we need it. And then we can go into the final week of the uh, transfer window going into a game against Watford. Get the players. Get the players that we need. We need to spend the money on the players. Not everything, of course, depends on bringing in new players, but it really would help if we could do that. So I'm going to keep fingers crossed that something happens, that we're capable of busting out of the the prison of nothing that we're in right at this moment, and we can get the, the players in that we need, and hopefully we can do that off the back of a good result against Leicester. So, look, we'll be here on Monday. James and I will be here on Monday to talk about whatever happens this weekend and uh, do join us on Monday if you're stateside. We've got some big 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 news for you uh, about an arse cast that might be taking place right on your very doorstep. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Uh, let's keep fingers crossed for the weekend. Have a good uh, have a good time. Come on, just just fucking win, Arsenal, please. If you wouldn't mind, that would be good and make everyone feel better. I think we deserve it. All of us who are listening to this, we deserve a good Arsenal win. So come on. Don't let us down, and we'll talk to you on Monday and, of course, on next week's Sarscast. Until then, cheers. Have another beer. Um, Take it easy. Bye-bye.
0: I was sitting there, wondering why it was I hired an assistant when my assistant walked into the office. What do you want, I said. It's lunchtime, he said, and you told me you'd pay for the sandwiches. All right, I said, what do you want? I want a Reuben, he said, from that place on the corner, the one that gives you the extra pastrami. What about the other place, I said. It's cheese and bread. Cheese sandwich, everybody loves a cheese sandwich. No, he said, I want the Reuben. We got the resources to go get us a Reuben, two Reubens. We could get five Reubens if we wanted. Why are you so tight when it comes to sandwiches? Look, uh, I said, I'm just looking for the best value sandwich out there. I don't want to pay over the odds for a sandwich just because it's got a fancy name. We can afford the Reubens, he said, buy the Reuben. Well, I said, seeing as that's exactly what you're telling me to do, I'm not gonna. Well then, you can stick your sandwich up your ass, he said. Joke's on you, I said. I still haven't bought the sandwich. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus...